Anybody see the movie Risen? Recently, it's in the theaters right now. It's, it's a really good one. Uh, so the movie uh, Risen is from a, uh, from a perspective of a, of a Roman soldier. So it tells the story about uh, the death of Jesus and the impact that he had on the world from like a CSI turn point. Yeah? And uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, so the movie Risen begins with this guy, Clavius, who uh, is the Roman soldier, and he shows up for the first time when Jesus is already on the cross. So Pontius Pilate uh, assigns him to this duty of keeping peace in the area, and you know all the chaos is breaking out with Jesus and in Jerusalem, and it's Clavius' uh, duty to, to just keep peace. So he takes his horse out there and he walks up. And the first time we get a vision of Jesus, he's on the cross. And, and uh, they do a pretty good job at just depicting Jesus having been brutally beaten, you know? Like you look at him and he's, he looks like a corpse already. I mean, he hadn't taken his last breath yet, but he was pretty much at that stage. Um, so Jesus takes his last breath, the earthquakes happen, and... Uh, Clavius is back talking with Pontius Pilate and, and some of the religious leaders of the time. And uh, there's rumor about theft of the body, you know, like this movement's going to continue if they can just get the, their hands on the body. And so they uh, assign uh, soldiers to watch over uh, the tomb and uh, they put ropes on them and seals. And, you know, it's pretty much protected. Sure enough, we know the story three days later, body's gone. And so Clavius kind of goes on this mission of looking for the, the dead corpse of Jesus, the Nazarene. And he's interviewing people, and he's trying to find out what's going on. He gets a hand of this, this one guy who kind of knows this other person who knows Mary. Yeah, so Mary, uh, uh, in their search for finding some of the disciples and followers of Jesus, they end up talking to um, Mary first. And uh, so Mary Magdalene comes up, and he's like, Hey, you know, um, I need the body. And she responds uh, from a perspective, uh, from his perspective, in just a real loony way. You know, she's just like, you're not going to find the body because he's alive. And he's like, no, he's not. Because the last time I seen him, he was like dead, dead, dead. You know? Not only does she proclaim that he's alive, but you can just feel it, like, in her bones, you know? She's, like, in the midst of this Roman soldier who really has, could take her life, I mean, that fast. And she could care less. So he kind of holds on to her for a little bit, and she's just, like, gleaning. So he's like, okay, whatever, leave. So she leaves, and then they get uh, Bartholomew. So Bartholomew shows up, and he's the same way. He's like, brah, you're not going to find this body. I've seen the body. He's alive. And he's like, you're just as loony as that other girl I was talking to just the other day. And so by this time, like it's getting, a couple of days had gone by, you know, and he's like, we got to find this body. And so they start digging up graves around Rome, like looking for a body, okay? Um, he finds a little tracker, he tracks Bartholomew, and they find out, you know, long story short, they find out where the disciples are, and he's like, I'm going to get these guys, because these guys know where the body is. 
So they, they block off this little neighborhood, they jump inside there, and the guards start uh, kind of going through houses and ransacking places and looking for these guys, and Mary kind of pops her head out of this door, right at he's like looking up at this house, and Clavius sees Mary, and he's like, oh, I got these guys now. So he walks upstairs, he bursts into the room, and he finds the disciples, but that's not the only people he finds. Now he finds... Jesus, and he is startled. I mean, he kind of bursts in there, and he sees Jesus sitting there, and he's just like shocked. Absolutely speechless. And I love how they, they, they do it in the movie. I mean, he's just standing there, and it just, the movie doesn't continue fast. He's just stunned. You know, and there's this rumor, right, of like people say that Jesus didn't really die and he was just sleeping, right, and recovering in the tomb. But I love like the the image that we have of Jesus the first time is just mutilated. And then we see the resurrected body. You know, and it's not like bandages can heal that fast. You know, like Neosporin and a lot of alloy in your body and you're going to look good. Like Jesus is scarless except for the piercings. And he looks redeemed. And Clavius is just like, so he goes outside, he tells his soldiers, just go back, I got this. And he walks back in, he sits down, drops his sword, and he's just in amazement at what he's looking at. In one moment's notice, boom, Jesus is gone. A few, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, King Kekalike High School uh, lost a, uh, a security guard. This guy, Donald uh, Poi Poi. Um, cool uncle. Um, I've only recently got to know him the last couple of years since he's been doing security at the high school. And every time I see this guy, so he's like an older Hawaiian brother. And every time I see him, because he knows like I'm a believer too, first words, I promise you, every time I see him, first words out of his mouth is, praise the Lord, you know? And it's not like outside of school. It's like lunch recess, in a public setting, at school, and he's just like avidly in love with the Lord and vocal about it. I mean, like Christmas time, he wore like the Santa Claus suit and would go into classrooms mid-class and just like, you know, Jesus is born, you know? And I'm like, that's a little odd, but he didn't care. He's like, I've already lived my life a long time. You fired me, big deal. Anyway, uh, he was building this little stage for, uh, the, the, for the kids and uh, after school one day on the, I think he was on an excavator and had a heart attack, went to see the Lord. Anyway, so... Uh, Last week, Friday, we, uh, was his funeral, and some of the kids wanted to go, so we took some of the high school kids down there. And uh, I've been to a ton of funerals in my life. Um, my mom is one of six. I think the first funeral I went to was one of her brothers who um, got into a uh, head-on car accident from this drunk driver in Waianae. Um, in eighth grade, I went to my grandfather's funeral. Um, in high school, I, you know, there's... I don't know, it just feels like in the 90s, there's like high school deaths every graduation season. I'm not sure how many of you guys been on Maui for a while, but um, 
I just had gone to a lot of funerals. And, and for me, funeral has always been like period, completion, end of story. If you love Jesus, you're probably going to heaven. If you don't, you hopefully, you know, somewhere in your life there's faith and God shows grace to you. But for the most part, every time I show up on a funeral, like where that person's faith, with, faith was, was the gauging point on how I felt, you know? Like if somebody dies but they love the Lord, shaka. Like that's what we were waiting for this whole time, you know? Save me a spot, I come in. You know? If they didn't know the Lord, then for me, I'm just like, ah, oh, trying to wrestle through all these emotions. But um, something happened at Uncle Donald's funeral that uh, has never happened to me. Um, so when you, when you walk into a funeral, you know, there's a little aisle and you kind of walk down and you got to like talk to the family and you give them hugs. And I didn't really know his family, but I still give him uh, my condolences. And uh, uh, I got to talk to his, his brother, which was pretty awesome. His brother um, was one of 12 or is one of 12. And there's three left now, the brother and two sisters. And uh, so he kind of starts giving me a little testimony he said, I prayed for my brother 30 years that he would come to know the Lord. And it, it was almost like he was the, the older big brother who had come to faith at a real young age and really was just praying for his other siblings, you know. And, and Donald had only been a believer for, I guess, the last seven years. And I, for me, I thought he was a believer for like his entire life, like so like adamant about the gospel and about Jesus. I'm like, this guy's shaka, you know. Anyway, so I kind of get the story from him, and uh, then I go up, and, and I, it was an open casket. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways, you know, that you can do closed casket, open casket. Some people cremate, and some people just put a picture there. But because he, he looked fine, um, they had an open casket. And uh, so I went up to the casket. It was pretty cool. He had his uh, life application Bible next to him, you know. He had some student pictures next to him, and I was like, hey. There you go, bro. I like borrow. I like see your notes, you know. Um, and I'm looking at him, and he's he's kind of laying down this way, and uh, I'm looking at him, you know, and and I get this little vision that he's just gonna go, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. I promise you, I'm like, "Oh, like." Whoa, hey, hey, what's going on here? And I, and I started like, my heart starts beating fast. And I'm just like, oh, like what's going on here? You know, and some of the youth are right by me. And I'm like, do you guys just get that? Like, you feel what's going on right now? So he doesn't come back, right? He doesn't turn over, right? But I start getting this like feeling me like, like I, I wonder if he's supposed to come back to life, you know? He had been dead for 12 days at that moment. So we go back to our seat, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, bro, what a Taylor. So, so one of our, our high school girls is next to me, and she's a Christian club leader, and I'm looking at her, I was like, Taylor, uh, what if the guy just came back to life? And she's like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she starts like, she starts getting all excited and a little nervous and a little scared, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm just looking at him like, bro, this guy's going to sit up right now. I kid you not, I'm not even over-exaggerating. Like, I'm just, like, giddy, you know? I'm just like, wow, if, if this guy came back to life, half the old people in here would have heart attacks and die. 
you know? People would start screaming. Ladies would just bolt outside of the door and probably get run over by a car. Like, like things would be frantic, you know? Like, if somebody came back from the dead 12 days after they've died, like, that would be the talk of the town, right? So anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, before we go, we got to go pray at least. She's like, uh, okay, let's do it. So Taylor and I, as soon as there's a little opening, we kind of like scale up to the, you know, the casket. And I'm like, hey, are you supposed to wake up right now? I'm like, in Jesus' name. Nope. Okay. You know? And I, and I leave. And I leave. I mean, uh, and I was just like checking my phone later on the night. You know, Casey like resurrected after I left. Um. And so that night we went to Kahului Nazarene and uh, uh, they had a, a youth service there. And God starts talking to me. And he says, Kaipo, you know, the excitement that you felt tonight, just the excitement that, that he might come back to life and other people might believe in me because of his resurrection. He says, Kaipo, I already did that. And one of my close second thoughts was, I felt like God was telling me, I've already done that, but we don't treat my resurrection in the same way. And since then, I've just been thinking about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus It is the pinnacle of our belief and our trust that Jesus was alive at one moment and in the next moment he was dead, but that wasn't the end of the story. He came back to life. The 11 disciples and those who followed and the 500 that he revealed himself to spent the rest of their lives talking about that one truth. That Jesus, the Nazarene, taught some cool things and he did some crazy miracles. But let me just tell you the most important of all of them. I saw this guy get brutally beaten and flogged, nailed to a cross, carried down from there, dead, laid in a tomb for three days. And then I saw him. I talked to him. I even ate with him. And some of them even felt his scars. The statement I, I was given tonight to preach on is, is when Jesus says, it is finished. And when you think about what Jesus had finished on the cross at that point, um, I just think about the, what we read in Isaiah, yeah? The prophecies about his death. He had finished those things, yeah? He had completed that. He had completed his suffering. You know, when I, th- when I think about Christ on the cross, saying it is, it is finished. He had completed not just the beatings and the crucifixion and the insults, but it, it, it was almost like a, a, a relief moment, you know? I mean, he sweat drops of blood. Why? Because he knew that that was ahead of him, and now he had just gone through it, you know? And it was almost like a, it's finally over, you know? 
is finally over. That, that the, the beating, the death, all of that is finally over. And we know that he also completed the one thing that separates us from God. You know, sin. And he's about to conquer death soon thereafter. Hey, my friends, this is what it's all about right here. There is nothing more important to our Christianity and our relationship with Jesus than the fact that he came back from the dead. He died, and now he is no longer dead. That's why we sing. That's why we come to church. That's why we pray. That's why we, why? Because he's not a dead prophet. He's an alive God. Like he was alive, healed, and then he like floated away, you know? And the same alive God is waiting for us. And it's our opportunity. Like I love Good Friday services. And up until this Good Friday service, I've always like, I don't want to sing celebration songs. Like don't smile at me. Like I really, really try to embrace the the cross and the the sacrifice. And and for me, like God kind of lifted that from me this year. So yeah, Kaipo, I died, but I also came back to life. Yes, it happened 2,000 years ago, my friend, but it still happened. And for me, I, I, get, I get sad, I get really scared when I, when I feel myself being drawn away from that truth. When I feel my, my life and my attention being given over to, to things that are less important than the fact that Jesus came back from the dead. And if I trust in him, that same will be said of me. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you tonight that maybe, maybe just reassess a little bit where your relationship is with the Lord, where your trust is with the Lord, and and just what do you do with the time that you have in a day? Like all of this here is is nothing. All of the songs and the mood and, and what we feel here in the service is nothing if we don't dedicate our entire lives to telling people that Jesus died for us and our sins and then he came back to life after. That's the most important thing. Nothing else in this world matters. Everything we have around us is going to fade. It's going to burn. It's not going to exist anymore. But our faith and trust in our Lord above will continue. And our trust and faith in the Lord to redeem other people will continue. So make it real simple. Love God and love those around you. Love the believers. Encourage faith. Amen? Those that don't know the Lord, my friends, love them. Love them. You might be the only pastor, minister, Christian around them. Love them. Because in the end, what's going to really matter? What's going to really matter? 
And I'm hoping that, that tonight with the presence of communion and when we're thinking about the death of Christ, like I love, put up, put the, can you put that last slide up uh, from Wonderful Cross, the last little slide with the little two-liners up there that demands, he demands my, my all. I know we were, we were singing that. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We just sang it. And my encouragement to you is, are you living what we just sang? And if, and if you're not, hey, Shaka, there's grace, amen? There's faith. Like, God brought you here for a purpose and a time, you know? Maybe just to hear this message and just to read, like, inflame inside of us the truth that, yes, it happened 2,000 years ago, but it still happened. Amen? It still happened. And as long as I have breath, I'm going to praise the Lord. As long as I have breath, I'm going to tell people, hey, you know, 2,000 years ago, a miracle happened. And not only did it happen then, but it happened now. Like Jesus, I know him. I talk to him. And if you would trust and believe in him, the same would be able to happen in you. So I don't, I, hopefully I'm not coming across like I'm scolding you guys. Tonight. That wasn't my goal at all. That might be the Spirit's goal. I'm just saying. You know, no, I'm just saying. Hopefully it can just, because I know you guys, if you guys are here on a Friday night, you guys love the Lord, you know? Like if you guys are here thinking about the cross and the death that Christ has, like what he had to endure for us, like I believe that you guys have some understanding and maybe even a relationship with the Lord. And my encouragement to you is just, just go deeper. Don't forget the love that he had for us, you know? And just maybe there's some things that are like, you know, just distracting us. And maybe we've forgotten a little bit of the, the truth that is within the good news, the gospel, that Jesus, son of the living God, came and he dwelt amongst us. He did some amazing miracles and he taught some great lessons. But the most important of all of them, was that he went to the cross and he shed his blood. And then the miracle of all miracles happened. Three days later, he came back to life. And if we would just trust in him, we would not perish, but we would have what? Amen. And so believe and trust for yourself. Believe and trust for those around you. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna celebrate communion, um, the breaking of the body of Christ, yeah, and the and the pouring out of of His blood, and it really should be a. I love that we do it a lot, but anytime we do things a lot, sometimes it just loses a little bit of its fervor. Amen. For me, like I, I, I think about like the Passion of the Christ. Anybody watched that Mel Gibson's movie came out in the early two thousands, and the feeling, the emotion that I get from it, like really, when we come to communion, I feel like part of that, when we see the brutality that happened, like we should be reminded of it. It's I feel like it's a healthy thing. Amen. That Jesus had to endure, and so what? I'm going to endure, amen? 
The writer of Hebrews chapter 12 says, fix your eyes on Jesus, yeah, because he's the often perfecter of your, faith, of your faith. Consider him who endured such opposition. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. And because of that, he, see, he is seated now at the right hand of God, you know. Like the writing of Hebrews, I think he gets it. Like, remember Jesus. In your trials, remember the Lord. Amen? In our struggle here, remember the Lord. And I think tonight, when we come to this table, let's remember the Lord. And really, communion is open for all those who have faith in the Lord. Like if, in t- if tonight you, your heart is, is, is given over to the Lord and you're like, God, I know you're real. I might not be like, my life might not be all like it should be, but I know you're real. I know you love me. And I know my sins are forgiven through you. You're part of the family of God. And what we're going to partake in tonight is part of the family of God. If you're not part of the family, don't come up here. But maybe tonight you're like, it's a good time, you know? It's a good time to just renew our commitment to the Lord or maybe for the first time. Just say, hey, Jesus, I I might not understand all that you did and taught, but I know you've been showing yourself to me. I know this wasn't just some story, some folktale that happened 2,000 years ago. I know it's real. And I know you did it with me on your mind. I would say that there's probably faith inside of you. You would be part of the family. Amen? The family of what? The family of faith. That believes in Jesus Christ. That he lived, he loved, he died, he rose again three days later. And for all those who believe in him, yeah, we will raise also. Amen? So I love you guys, man. I, I love that you guys come out, you know. If tonight is your first night, hey, I love you too, Shaka. You know? But I love, you know, so many of you guys are familiar faces and you guys come all the time. I would just encourage, let let our time together count. We're only here on earth for a short time. Let's make it count, amen? Let's make it count. Um, Let's pray. Let's pray. Let me pray for for us tonight. And... uh, so a little instruction uh, as you guys come up here. Um, you guys can grab a bread and, and just dip it. Uh, dip it in this cup. No drinking from the glass. I'm just... Just uh, take the bread, dip it in the cup, and you guys can eat right here. Um, we don't have to eat all together. Um, but more than just the eating part... Um, we got time. Yeah, we got time. So spend some time praying. Spend some time just seeking the Lord out. And when you're ready, you and your family can come up um, and just, you know, share in communion together. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just worship you tonight. God, I pray that um, this bread and this juice, God, would be 
a means of grace for us tonight that we would have uh, just a flood of visions, God, of what you, uh, what you felt when you sent Jesus to this earth. And Jesus, I pray that you would reveal to us a little piece of what you felt and what you were thinking. I mean, we weren't there, but I know that you're here. And I know, God, that, that you can share a little bit of your burden and your thoughts, God, and your emotions with us, God. And I pray that we would never be the same. You gave your life, God, and I know that de- that demands my life. Not just my weekends and not just my little five-minute devotionals. It demands all my thoughts and all my resources and all my mouth and all my energy and all my thoughts, God. Father, I just pray for um, all those gathered tonight. Father, just pray for a cleansing just in here. What a good night, God, to make things right with you. Father, just pray for a cleansing from all trespasses, all sins, God, all moments of disobedience, God, when they know what is right and they don't choose it, God, or they know what is wrong and they choose that part too. But Father, I just pray for a cleansing. I just pray for God, just a renewing. Your word says that you can wash us, Lord, pure and clean. And Ephesians even says that you've created us to be holy and blameless. And how are we to be holy and blameless, set apart from you? Like, it's not going to happen. But with you inside of us, God, we know that all things are possible. So if you're here tonight and, and you know there's a couple things on your mind that just need to be confessed. I just encourage you, just confess those things to the Lord right now. Jesus, just hear the prayers of your people this evening. Jesus, I pray that you'd wash them, Lord, clean, clean as clean can be, God. Father, I pray that you would renew a strength inside of them, God, creating them clean hearts, oh God, renewing them fresh spirits. I pray, God, in the, the days ahead, Lord, that you would these next days from you know now tomorrow lord easter would be some of the most intimate times they've had with you god just really spending time with you and god you just revealing yourself to them in new and a fresh way thanks god for this verse in second chronicles 16:9 that says for the eyes of the lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart 
is whole toward you. I know we definitely are more imperfect than perfect, God, but I believe in this room tonight, God, there are hearts that are open to you. Hearts that are crying out to you. Way beyond, God, their uh, being insufficient. Lord, we spend time just thinking about your sufficiency. So, Father, I pray that you would set apart um, this bread and this juice, God, for your divine work in this time. Uh, in Jesus' name.